You're listening to Geekly Podcast, Episode 6, Kicked in the Ghiblies. Welcome to another episode of the Geekly Podcast. I'm Brad, and I'm here with my co-host, Kayla. Hi. We've got a very special guest today who's also a longtime Studio Ghibli fan. Uh, Please welcome Beanie Baby Minx, who's also known as Heather. Uh, Heather, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing well. Thank you. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so... um... My name is Heather. Um, I am a huge gamer, uh, big into anime. Um, A lot of people know me for my artwork. Um, So I've been doing that for the past like 20 or so years. Um, So my sort of gaming art adventure started out when I was about 10. I was watching my older brother play Final Fantasy VII, and I was just really captivated, you know, by the story, by the music, by the, the art and everything that I just started, you know, drawing stuff myself. I started writing fan fictions, um, you know, just as a, you know, as a young kid. Um, and here I am like 20 years later, you know, still doing that. Still have all of my old artwork, you know, in a folder. I posted some of it online. I post it from time to time as well. Just to kind of be like, wow, like I was 10 and like, this is what Cloud looked like to me when I was 10. And like, here I am 20 okay. years later. And, you know, just... You know, it's 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 really cool to see how, you know, these medias that um, so many people deem are childish or, you know, what have you really, you know, develop a person and like who they are and stuff. So, yeah. So awesome, when yeah. you started into the geek world, I mean, you went hard. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. So, you know, like I said, you know, I watched my older brother play that, you know, my cousin who lived with us at the time was playing Tomb Raider. Uh, So Tomb Raider 2 was like my my first like intro into that, Um, you know, and that's my favorite one, Tomb Raider. Yeah, no, (laughs) absolutely. For sure. Um, And yeah, you know, and then like, you know, I, I started to make some friends that, you know, they would watch Toonami and you know, there's Cowboy Bebop, there's Trigun, there's Gundam Wing, there's Sailor Moon, there's like all the stuff. So, you know, yeah, we we went in, we went in the in the deep end, like when I started out. And that's that's awesome. And uh, yeah, for those of you that don't know, Heather is an extremely talented artist. And between her and Kayla, I consider them two pieces of the uh, holy trinity of artists on Twitter because their art is absolutely fantastic. The third one uh, being Kaylee, who we will have on in another episode. And I just cannot say how much, uh, how talented these two are. And that, yeah, if you uh, like what you see, you should definitely check out their artwork and definitely buy some. They also do commissions. So it's it's definitely worth it. I own several pieces um, from both of them and they're hanging up in my game room and I couldn't be prouder to have Aww. them uh, on my wall. Thanks. And I have And I have pieces from Kayla as well. Yeah, I was going to say, I second getting art from Heather, and not just because, you know, we're besties or anything, but, like, <laughs> um, I can't 
praise your art enough. It's absolutely beautiful. She does a bunch of different styles. Her coloring, I mean, from when we first became friends like two years ago oh to gosh. now. Oh my gosh. The and it's not even like you were bad or anything two years no, ago. But it's I just mean, the improvement has been crazy. And do it. Looks and like, and you too. I mean, we've we've been we've actually been friends for longer than two years for sure. You and I were actually friends before yeah. Steve and I started dating. Um, because I, I know, remember I the that, first time I like that happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. You did. You were there, you know. And I remember Kaylee reaching out to me and being like, "Hey, Heather, you know, like you have all this experience with like you know commissions and stuff. You know, there's another girl who you know might might want some encouragement and stuff. So like that's when I started to message you on on twitter so yeah. yeah you two have been incredibly helpful with my art journey and like you're both such inspirations to me so i 100 oh recommend no like i'm gonna start crying <laughs> but i really do <laughs> like if if you are looking for like an anime video game artist um especially someone that does like color i 100 recommend uh heather her art is just beautiful we've i've got what like six things i've got do a painting of my really? cat i i do i've oh, got yeah. your i've got your studio ghibli painting or um yeah your watercolor of just like a bunch of the different characters i think that was the first piece i bought i think so um then my amazing picture of my cat it's always it's the first picture i always hang up <laughs> when i move <laughs> It's a good photo. That inspired me. That that photo that she did of your cat is the one that inspired me to do the one of my sister-in-law's cat. Dressed oh, yeah. To do it. And my sister-in-law <laughs> loves it. It's hanging up in her office. It is. She's like, she's like, this is the greatest gift she's like, I've ever received. She's like, I did not expect this. I was like, yeah, that's that's peak gift giving. Like, there will never it was be great. gift that I give you that will. Yeah. <laughs> I painted, so I painted his sister-in-law's cat as Dumbledore. It's great. Yeah, it was, uh, it was so cool. I, I, when I, when I came in, um, when I got, I was like, give this, I was like, I'm also half tempted to like keep it because it's just a cool thing. <laughs> the cat dress is Dumbledore. <laughs> oh, you guys are just too much. Thank you. Really. And I can't recommend Kayla enough, dude. She did this Tsushima, this ghost of Tsushima piece. Holy shit. I tried to do like another one, uh, like for myself. And I was like, no, I give up. Yeah, that drawing's like that drawing's sick. a couple years old and it's still I think one of my best pieces. I worked so hard on it for you though. I know like, you I was did. like I have to make it perfect. <laughs> it's it's a fantastic piece. I was I was a bit jealous. I was like, dang. Everyone should be jealous of me. That art piece is like <laughs> one of my like aside from anything Steven has ever done for me, like that's my favorite piece. Like oh, oh so you're gonna make me cry. No, I swear I not even saying it. I feel super right. honored um, that it's hanging up next to Angelica's piece, too. Uh, yeah. She's another artist on Twitter because um, her artwork is just beautiful, too. So every time I see photos of it next to hers, I'm just like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you oh, guys. man, we can have like a whole podcast just we about like, how we'll, like video games. We'll have to save that for art. sure. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll save that for uh, yeah, we'll save that yeah, for yeah, your yeah. Geek Spot episode uh, in, in the future. But. Um, but both of you, obviously extremely talented, Thank you. those who are listening, check their art out, buy some art. It's you, you won't regret it. All right. Thank you. And now we're going to kick off, uh, 
our actual purpose for this episode, which mm-hmm. is celebrating a renowned studio, Studio Ghibli. Um, for those who don't know what Studio Ghibli is, they are a, a, a Japanese animation studio um, founded by Hayao Miyazaki, and they've produced legendary anime films uh, over the last, oh gosh, what's it, like 35 like years? Tw- uh, yeah, I think so, because they yeah, were founded about- in 85. Yeah, about, okay, roughly 35 years, and uh, we're going to give you just a little bit of background on that and kind of how that studio came to be and on the rise there, and I'll let Kayla take that away with the Studio Ghibli history. So Studio Ghibli was founded on June 15th, 1985, after its success with Nausicaa, um, the longer name of it being Nausicaa, of the Valley of the Wind. Um, That came out in 1984, and it had very um, famous voice actors in general um, doing the voices for it, like Patrick Stewart, Shia LaBeouf, uh, Uma Thurman, Mark Hamill, Jody Benson, um, just a bunch of other very talented people. And uh, if you've been a fan of Ghibli for a while, you'll know that most of the movies are uh, dubbed by very famous Amer- uh, English actors. And uh, something that I've always thought was really interesting is that it's known for its very strict no edits cut um, because with Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, it had been heavily um, edited and it had made, uh, you know, the studio very upset because it basically just wasn't their vision for the film anymore. Um, So when Miramax and Harvey Weinstein, which boo, but, you know, we got to talk to him because he was the co-chairman at the time. uh, He wanted to make really heavy edits to Princess Mononoke and a producer. Again, this is just a rumor, but he had sent a message with a authentic Japanese sword that all it said on it was no cuts. So they are very, very, very strict about not letting their films that go abroad be edited out. They want to keep their message and their vision true to the uh, Japanese version as much as possible, which I just think is amazing. Um, So what had really helped westernize the studio was in 1996 they had partnered with Walt Disney and um, Walt Disney had financed uh, 10% of their production costs which helped them bring on even more streamline bring on um, more uh, famous actors and things like that to dub their videos Um, so if you like I had said earlier if you're a big fan of you'll know you'll recognize a lot of voices you know they've got Christian Bale, Liam Neeson, um, Kate Blanchett, uh, just so many just so many famous actors and um, if you've been a fan of Studio Ghibli for a while you'll just recognize that a lot of these very famous actors do English voice dubs and it helps bring more um, people who aren't interested in anime to watch these and that really helped popul- make the uh, franchise a lot more popular than it was when it first started. I feel like it's also kind of important to note like uh, where the name Ghibli even came from. Um, so okay, it actually- Do you know the history? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So yeah, actually, you know, go so, ahead. <clears throat> yeah, so Miyazaki, uh, Hayao, Hayao, oh God, help me. 
Hugao Miyazaki. Oh gosh. Let me do that again. Yeah, we can. If you want to redo it, we can edit <laughs> I mean, that out. I'm, I'm all. I'm all for bloopers being on a. It's kind of like more authentic, you know. Yeah, no, we keep um, we keep them if we fun. can. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> so um, so actually, the name Ghibli um came from the fact that Miyazaki really loves Italy and he loves planes. Um, so the name came from the World War II surveillance aircraft. Uh, called the Caproni 309 Ghibli. Ghibli actually is Italian for hot Sahara wind. And because they want to blow new wind into the anime industry. Oh, and you know, that kind of ties in with uh, Nausicaa as yeah. well. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, well, let's just jump in then. Uh, why don't we go ahead and discuss our favorite Studio Ghibli films? Um, Heather, you said you've been a fan for a while. What was, like, your favorite? What was your first one? Uh, go so, all in. Yeah, so my first one was actually Princess Mononoke. And this came about, I want to say I was maybe mm, 12, 13, something like that. Um, and my mom happened to go to the library. We used to rent DVDs from there a lot, like back, like way back in my day when that was really popular. <laughs> um, so she was like, here, you like anime. This looks good. And I'm like, what's this? So I put it on. I was like, this is amazing. Um, so I wanted to find more like that. So, you know, I'm looking at the cover and I'm like, okay, Miyazaki, let me try to find like more stuff by Miyazaki. So the next thing that I was able to find was Spirited Away. Um, so I watched that. I watched Castle in the Sky. Um, I watched Laputa. Um, there's so many that, like, I wound up renting from the library, and there's a lot more that I didn't see until much later. Um, a lot of people will actually recognize Ghibli, um, for Kiki's Delivery Service. Um, a lot of okay. people, like, have, will have seen that before they even know what Studio Ghibli is. Um, so that, I guess... I think that might have been, like, my first one, technically, because it would come on, like, every Halloween. Um, right. But, like, my first, like, I guess, hey, I recognize, like, you know, oh, I am seeing this as a Ghibli film, um, I guess for me would be Princess Mononoke. Um, but my favorite is actually um, The Cat Returns. Because if anyone Ooh, knows anything, yeah, if anyone knows anything about me, I just, I love cats. And it basically follows the story of this, uh, who's this young girl, um, named Haru. She saves this cat from being hit by a truck, a bus, um, on, uh, yep, she was hit, almost hit by a truck. She saves this cat, and it turns out that she wound up saving this prince of this cat kingdom. She also has this suppressed ability to talk to cats. Um, so after she saves this cat prince, um, as a way of thanks, um, all the cats in the neighborhood started, like, bringing her gifts of, like, catnip and mice. Um, and she was also offered the prince's hand in marriage. So she, you know, reluctantly says yes, and she goes to the cat kingdom. And it's just, it's just a kingdom of cats. It's amazing. It's my dream come true, honestly. Um, Same. <laughs> right? And um, 
So, but basically what winds up happening is that, like, the longer she stays there, the more she starts turning into a cat. So then, you know, so there's that little subplot, and then there's the overarching one where, like, the kingdom is kind of, like, corrupt. Like, the king is kind of like this usurper. Um, he's, like, deceiving everyone. It's been a little he's while. literally an allegory for a fat cat. <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much, yep. Um, so she, so I guess Haru basically, like, was trying to solve all that stuff and then also get back to the real world so she could, um, be human again. But The Cat Returns is actually a spinoff of another Ghibli movie, Whisper of the Heart, which is another mm-hmm. really great film. Um, it is. so definitely, I would definitely watch those two, like, back to back. They're so good. Um, I mean, anything Ghibli puts out is is incredible. Um, I had, my little brother had bought me this, uh, I want to say there was maybe 15, 20 Ghibli movies on like a DVD set. Um, oh, wow. And then, yeah, but it was like standard DVD. Um, it actually goes for quite a bit of money now, which I didn't know. Uh, I sold it for like $50 to, uh, do you know Jenny? Oh, no. Yeah, do you know Jenny? Yeah. Talk- yeah. yeah. It goes for like $120 or something like that. And I'm like, friend discount. <laughs> but that's also because um, Ghibli started releasing their movies on Steelcase Blu-rays. Yeah. I've so, got a and a bunch. Yeah. So uh, over the years, like some Twitter friends have, uh, have bought me some Steelcase Blu-rays. They sell them in like standard Blu-ray as well. But like, I <laughs> really, really love the Steelcases. They're so pretty. But yeah. So, uh I was like, well, I don't need the standard DVD anymore. I'm just going to replace them with Blu-ray. And I'm like, well, damn it. <laughs> but well, I'm sure yeah. she appreciated that. Oh, she did. Oh, she did. Absolutely. She was like, what, dude? Oh, my God. Thanks. I was like, no problem. Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's me. Are there any that you have watched that you didn't like? Or is it just no. one of those things where just everyone's been no. a hit? Yeah, I mean, everyone's been a hit. I mean, obviously, there's going to be movies that I like more than than others, right? Mm -hmm. But they all have such magic to them. And the way that Miyazaki um, and uh, Takahata Isao, who is another founder of um, Studio Ghibli, um, they really wanted to write movies that, you know, people could relate to, right? So, you know, you have these, uh, you know, you have... Uh, like Spirit Away, for example, you know, just kind of a, a young 10-year-old girl, like, in her, like, pre-adolescence, um, you know, and they were like, you know, what if, you know, she were the heroine? You know, we want someone, like, that age, like, someone that in, you know, that their audience can identify with. So they, they did write with their audience completely in mind for all of their films. They did. They're very yeah. charming as well and whimsical. and But they're I so love, deep. Um, they are, yeah. That's I like I like how um, romance. I mean, I love romance. Don't like that's love it. But I really enjoy how it's not a main focus. Even the romance yeah. movies, like you know, Princess Mononoke's kind of got a little romance in it, or like Howl's Moving Castle's got romance in it. But it's, but not the it's goal still the not the focus. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And like the end, it's not their goal is not to like oh this this girl needs. The guy, yeah, um, she can't be a hero or whatever. It's like the 
doesn't focus around that. It focuses on the characters themselves. And I love that about Ghibli. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, you know, as you watch these movies, you'll see, you know, like no one is really alone. They're like, you know, there's, it's usually like two or more characters that reach their goal by cooperation, but not like, not like gay friendship. Like it's not that. It's like really like the trials, the tribulations, the the human experience, and it's like rawness, but put in such a way that children and adults alike can really understand. But I'm going to sit here all day talking about it. (laughs) All right. Well, let's move on to Brad. Um, What about you? What's like your favorite? Uh, What did you start with? I know you're a little newer to the franchise. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm a little newer. So my first one was, uh, and my favorite, is Howl's Moving Castle. Mm. I saw that one in theaters when it came out. Um, I didn't know what Studio Ghibli was um, at the time. Like, my dad just took my brother and I um, to go see it in the theaters. So I just, like, we went and saw it. He's like, hey, we're going to see this movie called Howl's Moving Castle or whatever. I was like, cool. So I go in, have no idea what to expect. Absolutely adored it. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, so it was really so cool. So it had a major impact on me, and it immediately became one of my favorite films. Mm. Um, and I didn't know until years later, but I remember on old Disney DVDs, I had seen uh, previews for like Kiki's Delivery Service, mm-hmm. and had been curious about it, but I didn't watch it until actually a couple weeks ago. Um, so after that, I didn't know much else about it. I just I didn't know too much about anime. Um, and then Ponyo came out in theaters, and I didn't know that was Studio Ghibli either, and I didn't end up watching it until Saturday. So it was, um, I, I had no idea what it was. It just, at the time, I wasn't into anime, so it didn't look like much to me. But um, the ones I started watching after that, I got back into anime in college, and I watched Spirited Away second and absolutely adored it. And then a year later, watched Princess Mononoke. And then I wasn't able to watch any of the other films there. I, I knew they were hard to find. I didn't know where to find them. Mm. And I, kind of knew by then i knew it was studio ghibli and like the films are really good and then when hbo max finally came out is when i um finally had access to watch a lot of these films so i've been i've been trying to play catch up on them because yeah i, I have like to do them, that too I, actually so it's and it's perfect because all of them are on there yeah. So yeah i've been i've been diving into more of them recently now that i have access to them so i watched i watched kiki's delivery service finally uh love that one and then I watched My Neighbor Totoro, oh. <laughs> and I watched I watched Ponyo with my wife, and that was her first Studio Ghibli movie, and she really liked it. And then, yeah, I recommended that one that for a, a person. Good one. Yeah, well, because uh, Samantha isn't really into anime and stuff, and um, I was like, you know, it's more heavily influenced by Disney. It's based off like the story of the little mermaid and i just was like it's a perfect one to start a non-anime watcher off so i was really happy when brad said that she really liked it yeah she yeah she uh she really enjoyed it. i was really happy too that she enjoyed it because i was i was trying to explain that um studio ghibli wasn't like like the small screen anime that like i watch and stuff like that i was like it's different i was like these are yeah you don't have yeah. to worry about like big titties or <laughs> like anything <laughs> anything yeah. awkward popping up <laughs> yeah and i said a lot of the and you don't get some of the uh typical like cheesy cliche stuff um that you might get from from certain animes and so she um she picked it up she liked it and was like 
all right, these are good. And I was like, yeah, I'll have to show her a couple other ones um, another time. And then today I watched The Cat Returns and I had a, I had a blast with that one. That one's um, so fun. Please so watch Whisper to... of the Heart. Whisper of the Heart. Oh, okay, I'll watch. Please watch think... it. Yes. I'll add that one. I think I have Porco Rosso next and then I'll probably watch Whisper of the Heart after no, that. No, I still have not seen Porco Rosso. I've done, I've done a commission for Porco Rosso, but I have not seen it. Oh my gosh, you'll love it. It literally has like the best line ever of when, and, and, um, oh my gosh, what's his name? Batman. Uh, Michael Keaton does his voice. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. But yeah, no, Batman, that one, that one's one of my favorite ones. I kind of couldn't remember his name. <laughs> but no, he does. And my favorite line ever is when he's like, better a pig than a fascist. <laughs> um, yeah. So actually, so when I did my commission, um, the person wanted me to like put that on there. <laughs> so it, yeah, it, it, was was, a, it was a great piece. I thought you had seen it because it just, you put so much like it looked like you put so much love into it because all your studio ghibli pieces you can just tell like especially your totoro ones and yeah. um the one that i have where it's just that like mixture of a bunch of different characters you can just tell that you love studio ghibli I mean, so i honestly I, thought you had seen it no i mean like even even with things i haven't seen um even with games i haven't played you know as as an artist like you know i i try to put all of my love and all of my energy into it even if I, even if I don't know it, even if I don't, even if I don't like it, you know, like I will still no, like put all awesome. of my love into it. Um, but with Ghibli specifically, like it just had so much of profound impact on my art. Like that's really what got me into watercolor, um, was, uh, was painting a lot of like Ghibli stuff. Um, mm -hmm. so like I, for a while was really committed to just doing watercolor only for Ghibli and then like as I sort of got more confident with like other mediums I was like okay let's try more vivid colors um so yeah well you both need to watch Porco Rosso I really yeah, think you'll I will I will really enjoy it yeah that's and that's the next one on my that's the next one on my list as soon so, as like good I, video games stop coming out I'll like watch more movies <laughs> fair fair I'm I think I'm on I'm on like a studio Ghibli high right now, so I think I'm I'm, I'm trying Ride to watch it, it but like I'm trying not to go like hardcore where I get burnout. So I'm like, I'm spacing them out and everything like that a little bit. Give me a little bit of time. Like I might do like one a week or something like that. And it's, it's, it's been a blast to, to play catch up with them. It's like, it took me a while to finally like get back into them and like make the time um, yeah. to do it. Cause I, I get wrapped up in so many other things, but now that I've made time for them, I'm like, Oh, I got to fit another one in because like, they're just, they're just so good. Um, and I mean, if I had, and I hate having to rank them, but if I had to rank them, and by the way, this is not like a, any of them are bad, all of them are fantastic, but I had to just rate them by favorites to that. I think I have Howl's Moving Castle, uh, Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke, Kiki's Delivery Service, The Cat Returns, Ponyo, and then My Neighbor Totoro. I think that would be where, yeah, I, where I keep them standing right now. I don't yeah. completely agree with that ranking, uh, <laughs> but that's okay. And like I said, that's just, that's my, those are like yeah, my yeah, personal yeah. favorites. No, in order. I'm just, it's I'm not, just, I'm just giving, I, I, it's I'm not objective in any way. No, I'm just like, I don't know so. how you rate the cat returns, like on that number of that list, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's fine. I also haven't watched the others. I'm sure others will probably rank because I, I really love the cat the returns. Like I had a blast with it, but yeah. I, um, it's so hard to compete with my top three. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Again, I'm, and, I'm just yeah, I, that. 
Because it's like Howl's Moving Castle and Princess Mononoke and Spirited Away. Like I feel like they're like in their own league. It's it's so weird. I mean, but, it like, really is. Like a, and so it's like it's impossible to do that. And like Kiki's and the Cat Return, it's like they're like they're on the same level and stuff like that. And I think I gave Kiki a slight edge because I really liked Kiki's coming of age story. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what resonated with me a little bit more. Whereas the Cat Returns is is a great story, and I loved it. And I laughed a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Kiki pulled a little bit harder at my heartstrings. All right, that's fair. Fair. So, um, all right, and Kayla, where where are you at with Studio Ghibli? What do you got? What are you ranking them? Uh, what was your minutes. first one? What's your favorite? Um, my favorite is uh the one that I actually started on first, which is Princess Mononoke, and it's not like because of a you know, nostalgia thing or anything. Um, because actually when I first saw Princess Mononoke, I didn't like it. I thought it was weird, but I also didn't watch the whole thing. I was like bored flipping. I was like 12 flipping through channels, um, between like a Dungeons and Dragon movie that I was watching and, uh, that came on. And the first thing I had seen was the scene where, um, Ashitaka's like, little disease curse thing on his arm was going crazy and he's like splashing it in the water and then that then you know this weird deer creature things like walking through the forest and I'm like what the is this like it was so weird to me so but I kept flipping back because I was just like but what is this and then um my sister a couple years later she got the movie for her birthday and I ended up watching the whole thing and it just really resonated with me. Um, I'm a big animal lover and I'm a big nature lover. So um, the whole idea of like San and um, her family fighting and like, you know, like the boars dying off and like the, the gods, you know, dying off and stuff like that because the humans are killing nature. But at the same time, like, they have to progress. They're trying to find, you know, um, cures for their illnesses or they're trying to find um, ways to just progress in society. Um, I don't know. Just the whole story to me, it just really resonates to me as, you know, an animal lover, nature lover, and then just as a human in general. Um, it's a very, very compelling there, story. There's not just like one. Yeah, there's like just not one side to that story. It's a bunch of different sides and I like that um but I also really love um the cat returns is another one of my favorites um and then uh Howl's Moving Castle because you know I just thought Howl was hot <laughs> but I mean, the, the story is really good too but let's be real I'm an anime simp I you know you know me so yeah um and that was the first movie, too, where I was, like, my best friend and I, we always joke, because uh, she really likes it, and she thinks Hal's hot, too, and we're always, like, even when he's, like, kind of in his, like, half-bird form, and we're, like, does that make us, like, borderline furries? And we're, like, don't open that floodgate. Don't no, open that don't. floodgate. No, don't go near the gate. <laughs> but, um, just sometimes nope. just let things be yeah, what no. they are. And, don't go further. And remember, yeah. Hal is yeah. by, voiced by another Batman, Christian Bale. Was he, he really? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Wow. He oh, is. 
So there are um, two Batman. Two Batman are in Studio Ghibli. So yeah, Porco yeah, now Rosso, they, you now have they just gotta Keaton. get Robert Pattinson in. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> um, but anyways, and then Kiki's uh, delivery service was always really big for me too. Um, mostly just because of Gigi. Uh, I just really love Gigi. Is the freaking best. He's a cat, right? He's a cat, and I love cats. So. That always not that Kiki's delivery service isn't a super cute movie. It's just you throw a cat in the movie. Yeah, and it's instantly love. number one. It's my favorite immediately. No, he right. provided <laughs> a lot. He provided a lot of wit though, and a lot of good humor though. I loved. I he, loved. Yeah, him. yeah. He, he. He's a great comedy relief character, and he's really good for um, being like that inner voice to her as well. Um, since the story is about this little girl who, in my opinion, is way too young to be going living on her own. But, you know, for okay. the story's sake. Well, I don't want, listen. <laughs> hey, Pokemon lets 10-year-olds go out and live on their True. own. Not for nothing, True. but old enough on Netflix sends two to four-year-olds out on errands a mile away on their own. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's just... No way. I, my crime. daughter's 14, and, like, I'm still scared to leave her home alone sometimes. Yeah, no, this 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 show is absolutely bananas. But it's amazing. It is wholesome. It is so stressful. Um, I'm addicted. Please go watch Old Enough. It's, it's, <laughs> it is literally like watching a Ghibli film, like, live action. Because, like, everyone... Live action, that's so funny. Yeah, because, like, watching everyone be so helpful and so nice and the beautiful, you know, like, scenery... You know, in these certain like pockets of Japan, it's it's just so it is so good. And you know, I wonder too. Um, that actually kind of leads us into our next topic that we wanted to discuss is the um, impact and influences yeah. that uh, Ghibli has had on other you know show, TV shows, movies, video games, um, music, that kind of stuff. So. Uh, do you feel like it had impacted that show or with, does it just kind of feel I, like it with like it's good, wholesome goodness? I think it just kind of just has that similarity. I don't think there was really any impact or anything. Oh, okay. Um, but to say that's that Ghibli had impact in, in cinema, like cannot be overstated enough. Right. Like they, yeah. so spirited away became the first non-English uh, non-English language film to win an Oscar in 2003 and it grossed $200 million before um, being released in the US. Um, so it's from winning winning an Oscar um, and they actually also won the, uh, the Golden Bear in 2002 at the Berlin International Film Festival um, and it became the first and is still to this day the only non-English language uh, movie to win that award. And it won, um, and going back to the Oscar really quick because I just remembered, um, it won the Oscar two years after the Best Animated Feature category was instated. So that's that's a really huge deal. So That's awesome. And it makes sense. That movie is, uh, it's my second favorite uh Ghibli film and it's yeah. just absolutely beautiful. I mean, basically, yeah, it's my second favorite as well. Yeah, I mean, like basically, like there was there was nothing in animation at the time that I guess like expressed the world so colorfully, so vividly, and really communicating like two D to three D in a sense. Um, you know, it it set the movie set records set um surpassed records set by you know E T and Jurassic Park. 
And basically what that did, it, was, it proved that Japanese films could be the equivalent of these huge blockbusters. So now, you know, like it's winning these awards. It's really breaking through to, you know, the Western doors loved by people everywhere. You know, it's it. Japan is so proud of Spirit Away. Um, so proud of um, of Ghibli. And it was Japan's top uh, gross movie of all time for 19 years. Until oh, wow. until Demon Slayer Mugen Tearing came out last year. Oh wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that it, it Demon was, Slayer. It was, yep, knocked it off its uh, off its well, dragon. Yeah. To be fair to Demon Slayer, yeah. though, it's like the biggest anime in the world right now. So I think everybody was going to flock to see that in, in in the modern age. But I I I just think that um you know like Ghibli. Up until this point, which will kind of like put us to the next thing that I kind of want to go over, is that Ghibli was hand drawn basically since in, in inception, mm-hmm. right? And not to take away from Demon Slayer at all, but that's like that's not hand drawn, you know. So it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like to me, it's almost like a little bit unfair. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know. Maybe I'm just like I'm, you know, I'm with you, like. I mean, not that I'm not discrediting um, CGI or computer animation or digital art or anything. Um, It's definitely hard. Um, But I do feel like, I mean, it's got to you. It's got to be painstakingly hard to hand draw each like small movement. um, The way that like a character's eyes, like it conveys so much emotion and just a second or like the their scenery has always been just absolutely beautiful i guess going from there so it's not even just that he's had um i guess the studios had influences on uh, on just anime it has other um medias too in films like uh for one thing uh totoro's in toy story 3 yes um for those that have seen it which is neat so um which totoro is their kind of their mascot the the furry little creature that you usually see next to their logo that that's that's their mascot for those that don't know and so um totoro has appeared in in other medias and on top of that studio ghibli has uh helped with video games for those that are gamers out there um the nino kuni game nino kuni um, nino kuni yeah, was, that game i was those gonna ask have so you played good. it brad yes. oh. I, i've not played nino kuni i own both of them okay, well, i was gonna own. say after after your Studio Ghibli marathon, you need to go play Nino Kuni. It literally feels like a Studio Ghibli movie. It is, yeah. That's what everyone says, it feels like you're playing playing yeah. one of the movies. Like so even I, even um, like the uh, the little cutscenes are drawn like like Ghibli and stuff. Um, the second one I love because it has like that grid sort of like strategy. Kind of like Fire Emblem Ooh. Three Houses, uh, triangle strategy. So like that's kind of like oh, nice. part of of that. Um, you get to like manage a kingdom. That's um, cool. you know, and like basically build this kingdom from the ground up because basically you were you uh you were usurped, and now you're trying to like form your own kingdom and get an alliance with the other kingdoms to rise against your kingdom, your like your usurped kingdom, and take it back. It's so oh. good. It's so good. That sounds yeah. No, I, I there. I promise they're on my list. I have the, so I have like one. I have the one with the rare cover art on the PS3. It's like not the. It's it doesn't have the photos on it. It's just kind of like that scroll looking cover. 
I don't um, know if it's Yeah. I actually have the collector's edition of Nino Kuni 2 because GameStop had it on sale for $60. I don't I think like, I even knew it. that there was one. Otherwise, I would have absolutely bought it. Oh, no it's a fantastic collector's God edition. It. it actually has the three main characters on it fighting like, a dragon and two soldiers. Like, it's a little uh, merry go round thing and it like moves around oh. the thing. It's it's, it? it's pretty cool, and it has you? the steel book and, and some other <laughs> nice. but it's it's really cool. You haven't even played it. You don't know what you're holding. I know. I just <laughs> it was on the list. I saw a good deal on it. No, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Good for you. And I bought it, and then I was gonna play it, and then I just didn't play it immediately. But it's 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 it, it's it's on the list. It's it's a really cool collector's piece, though, that I will yeah. Cherish no, that's that's play. really cool. Yeah. Um. So what no, else? besides studio. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh no, sorry. I was I was just gonna say. No, like, I just I have to. I can't bring. <laughs> I have to bring up um, Mary and the Witch's Flower as movies that have been inspired by Studio Ghibli. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen that. Wait, is but that not Ghibli? Not. It's not Ghibli. Oh my god! I absolutely um, thought it was. All right. Okay. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to bring it up because we were talking about like influences. Okay. Um, and it was actually because you know how they uh, were going to CGI with their latest yeah. one, and so um, it's got an interesting history because uh, the um, director had wanted to bring back like their work ethic, and he was really devoted to the hand drawn like uh, wow. craft and all that stuff. Um, so they hired a bunch of animators because, and, you know, with everything, like, Disney's even gone into that. Like, they've lost, you know, their 2D animation. Um, it's just becoming a lot more rare for uh, that hand-drawn yeah. animation to be around. And so the director was just very adamant about, uh, rec like, bringing that back. And so they made um, Mary and the Witch's Flower. And um, I believe they have a lot of animators from Ghibli, though, like, I know that an one of the animators from, like, uh, Spirited Away and Ponyo, and I think, I want to say Howl's Moving Castle, um, but I might be wrong, I can't remember, and, like, uh, they had someone from, like, when Marnie was there and stuff, they had a bunch of them come and uh, help do the animation for it, and um, if you love Studio Ghibli, I 100% recommend watching that, because it has that ghibli feel and i'm so sorry um there's another movie on netflix and it just occurred to me it, this isn't ghibli either have you ever seen a whisker away i've heard yes. of it yes and that one has a very ghibli feel yes. to it too i don't know the history on it I don't but either, you can but that's definitely another, tell yeah, it was inspired absolutely that's <laughs> that's another like cat one um yeah, I, yeah, that's why I watched it. Yeah, it's that's that's another good one. I feel like uh, if I remember it right, it kind of has somewhat of a similar plot to um, Cat Returns. Like I, I remember the girl being like stuck. I think in like yeah, cat. it's not like one hundred percent, but it just it does. It feels very, it feels very inspired by the Cat Returns. Yeah. What's the what's the meme? It's just like, hey, can I copy your work and be like, yeah, just don't put the same answers down. <laughs> yeah, again. just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, but still, it was still like a really good like feel good movie. No, it's still worth watching. Yeah, yeah, and the music's great yeah. in that one too. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just got like really excited. Um, but no, you're, no, you're poor, fine. Poor it's Brad. a good one, and I'm glad you recommended it. For Brad, I feel like we never uh, let him speak. <laughs> so, are there um, 
are there any other pieces of work or any other i think connections that we can discuss with ghibli on the impact i know obviously yeah. he's you know had a profound the, the studios had a profound impact but is there anything else that's significant i think that we yeah so, far? so uh spirited away also um inspired filmmakers like wes anderson and uh guillermo de Toro. um oh, wow. so there's um there's a, a kind of like a like a nod pretty much like a confirmed nod between spirited away and pan's labyrinth um oh really yeah oh yeah i can see that for sure Yep, and then there's also uh, similarities between, like, um, Spirited Away and Inside Out, which I actually just watched for the first time a couple of weeks ago. Um, Inside Out is great, by the way. Inside Out was great, but oh, I mean, one. like, it's literally, you know, like, a, a girl, like, the same age um, as Chihiro. Um, you know, she's moving, she's in the backseat, you know, she's kind of got her, like, legs crumpled up, and there's a forest... Um, you know, she kind of sees, like, this, like, Japanese sort of, like, statue, just kind of like what Chihiro did. Um, so there was, like, a very obvious nod there as well. And then, obviously, uh, Toy Story as well, there was a, there was a Totoro in it. Um, yeah, yeah, so, I mean, it, it did have, like, really big impacts on, you know, on the Western world. Well, it also really heavily influenced, um animation in like america um i know like adventure time and like gravity falls and even the simpsons really uh yeah yeah okay. they um they use uh their techniques of like um character designs and storylines and like um what is it called the uh the layouts the um setting layouts and stuff uh they've also really uh disney even though they partnered with disney disney has always kind of seen them as a huge competitor too. And for Disney to feel threatened, even by someone that they partnered with, I mean, that's huge, you know? Yeah. That's absolutely incredible. It's just crazy how like, you know, this three, what started out as like three people in 1985, just. Yeah. Just, just three people that loved art basically. And they, and they weren't searching for critical acclaim either. They weren't trying to get rich weren't trying to get famous they just really wanted to you know create movies that were that were relatable that were magical that could sort of you know whisk you away into these magical worlds um you know and also really incorporate a lot of japanese like folklore and and elements into their work Mm -hmm. you know so it was really heartwarming you know for them to and also for for japanese people in general you know to see that they're you know, their their cultures are, are now starting to be embraced by, you know, the rest of the world. So I think with the amount of impact Studio Ghibli has and just how beautiful their animation is, we know that um, with Earwig and the Witch, when his son kind of took over for his kind of directorial debut, he switched to CGI, which, um, you know, I think received mixed results. Um, with... Do you think if his son, you know, continues to do it after Miyazaki himself retires after his last hand-drawn film, uh, potentially next year, do you think if his son takes it the CGI route and they abandon 2D animation, do we think that will help or hurt them? I have a lot to say in the matter, but if you want, Kayla, you can go first. <laughs> um, I, okay, like, I did watch, um... Oh my gosh, I can't remember what it's called. The, Airwig and the Witch. Is it just the Airwig and, and the Witch? Okay. Okay. So I, I didn't know. Um, yeah, I just watched that actually not too long ago. Uh, 
for this episode so I could have an actual opinion. Mm -hmm. And I, okay, so I, I liked it. I didn't hate it. Um, I thought it was a very cute movie. I liked the music. It did still have like a Ghibli feel to it, but there's just something magical. And maybe it's just because I'm an artist, so I'm very like, like purist with this stuff. I don't know. But it, I just feel like it loses its magic with um, not having the hand-drawn quality to it. And I went in telling myself, like, don't judge it being on, like, CGI. Like, it's still very, very good quality for CGI. Um, But, and I feel the same way even with Disney movies. Um, Just moving away from that hand-drawn 2D animation, it just really loses that's just something special. I don't even know what it is, but it just doesn't feel as whimsical, I guess. I don't know. Um, so I don't know if it'll hurt them or help them, um, but I do feel like it's just a sad uh, turn of events, I guess, in my opinion. Like, it just kind of sucks that it's going to, if, if they do uh, continue to go with CGI, it's just it might lose its magic a little bit the same way that Disney did. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel the same way. Um, you know, so basically the reason why they, they had to do this, it wasn't an easy decision. It wasn't like, you know, you're stuck in your ways, old man. Like, it wasn't really that. You know, like, Japanese, you know, from, from some stuff that I was... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just, like, I just thought of, like, the whole, like, uh, that's your dream, Dad! <laughs> um... But I mean, like, you know, so, you know, kind of studying up for this podcast, you know, just reading a couple of articles and uh, it just kind of seems like Japanese people as a whole, like they, they prefer the 2D animation. Um, But, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously, you know, they're, they're quicker to accept, you know, the, the styles of the Western world, you know, of Disney, of Pixar, um, you know, because they have these huge brands behind it. They've been doing CGI for so long now. Um, you know, whereas to be honest, you know, with these the animators working on CGI now, uh, they have to be taught how to do CGI. So like, if you didn't really like the CGI art style that they use, it's because really it's inexperience. Um, so yeah, and I thought it was really beautifully done. Like, I didn't think it looked bad. So it doesn't, they didn't, there's, there's still a small studio. Like, yeah, they have the partnership with Disney, Mm -hmm. but they don't really have Disney backing them like that you know so oh yeah cause, yeah because disney still even like disney still looks at them as a competitor right pretty much you know so um but really the the biggest reason overall was you know as time goes on you know technology you know technology sort of advances it has to to ensure you know survival going into the future and that's really what this was about right so i mean it takes forever to draw hand-drawn things frame frame Mm -hmm. by frame and you know Goro Miyazaki was basically like you know in order to ensure Ghibli's survival we have to move into CGI um but you know no it makes sense but you know he did say that you know it's not dead you know like we're we're hoping to sort of combine them in the future um which I don't know when I when I saw Earwig and the Witch I watched it earlier today and, like, I had done my my reading up on already, so I kind of had this knowledge going into it. 
So it helped. It helped me kind of like keep a little bit more of an open mind, you know, not to be as critical. I still kind of hate it, if I'm honest. Because like you, I feel like it loses a lot of that magic. I feel like some things that they try to translate into CGI just does not work. So like, for example, you know, in uh, Spirited Away, um, Chihiro just like sees these like little like sit sprites or, you know, and her like, her like hair stands on end and like yeah. that shiver runs through her body. Um, they kind of, they, they tried to mimic that also in a particular scene in earwig and it just did not translate like it. And it's just, it's just because of the media that they're using. That's it. Um, it I'm, could also be because of their inexperience, could be. like you had mentioned as well. Could be. It um, still had no, I feel the same magic, way. though. It felt weird. It felt weird. It did. It felt, like, disjointed um, a little bit. Like, it, it does lose probably about, like, 15 or so percent of that magic for me. Um, I am kind of hoping that, like, this is, you know, there's going to be a part two. Because the way that movie ended was just, it was just so sudden and if they're not doing a part two, I feel like that was, like, rushed. They were like, okay, we have, like, an hour and a half cap. Uh, you know, we got we got to put a lid on it. And it was just, like, I felt the same it was way. just really resolved. So I'm not going to spoil it for people who haven't seen it. I just personally feel like it was rushed. But if they're setting up for a part two, then great. But if they're not, I have I have some, uh, I have some opinions. Maybe, maybe, they wanted, maybe they wanted to see... Um... The reaction to it as well. I guess, um, yeah, it's kind of using us to... as, like, guinea pigs a little bit. Yeah. Um, and... They also had to use Netflix to, I, I believe, if I remember right, they had to use Netflix to sort of back the financing for the movie as well. Yeah. You know, so they, they did so have some, like, stuff against HBO them. Max. Yeah. <laughs> but HBO Max yeah, is just the, right, the, the platform for the existing movies. Yeah. But um I think too with uh the whole CGI thing as well, it might just be something that we have to kind of just get over yeah. um and not be so like stuck in our ways, uh like how it was with Disney because I think their last 2D animation was and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was Princess and the Frog. That is correct. Um, Their last duty was okay. Princess oh, wow. and that was Avatar. gosh, like right. two thousand what eight? I think. Um, I think two thousand six, seven. Yeah, yeah somewhere right. like that. Um, and I was working so it's at been a really long time. time. Yeah, that was like one of mine and Spencer's first date movies. Like, I think I was pregnant with my daughter at the time. Like, it was that long ago. Oh, wow. Um, and. You know, so when they started switching to, you know, like Tangled and Frozen and Moana and all that stuff, um, at first I was very upset because um, I'm a big Disney fan. Disney's always been part of my life. But um, the movies still were, they were still good. And, you know, they've they've gotten better over the years as well. And um, you've just kind of had to adapt to the, this is, this is new. This is how it's going to be. Um, the same with like Final Fantasy. You know, like they're not going back to turn based. You got to accept it and move don't, on, or else don't you're not going to like the franchise. I have to go to bed soon. <laughs> don't do this to me right now. 
Yeah, but we're not we're not going down the rap, Final Fantasy rabbit hole. Cutting that conversation right now. I'm not crying myself. That's, that conversation is dead. Just use an example. Trust me, I love turn no. but just use no. it as an example. No, 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 rabbit hole. No, 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 Final Fantasy rabbit hole. Final Fantasy. I'm using it as an example that, like, it's the same with Disney or, like, just things that, you know, we loved um, yeah. seeing that we have to just accept that this is the new way they're going to do things. And if we want to continue enjoying those franchises like Disney or whatever, um, Studio Ghibli, if that's what they decide to go down, it's either, I mean, we've still got the old movies to love and rewatch and, you know, they're not going anywhere. Um but if you still want to enjoy the old stuff, if they do decide to go to CGI, it's kind of like, we just got to suck it up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you both, I think you both make great points. Like I didn't watch your wig and the witch. Uh, you know, it didn't make the list. I, I remember seeing the trailers for it and everything. And obviously I'll have to give it a chance. It was kind of hard yeah. for me to swallow. Cause I just don't picture yeah. it. Like something like that should be in CGI. And it just, it just didn't feel like studio Ghibli to me looking at it. I think it, her so, eyebrows. Yeah. It's I think her eyebrows piss me off the most, if I'm honest. Like, the eyebrows are really they, freaking weird. No, looking. they I did. It was very lacking in a like emotion, if that makes sense. I feel like yeah, the pacing I, was just I, whatever, man. So, yeah, that could be a whole other episode. We're, we're, yeah, That's we're getting true. to our before, like episode time cap. Yeah. So before before we wrap up, yeah, I'll 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 give my quick thought. I think I'll I I agree with both of you like that. I I think it's. I mean, the future is probably inevitable for that stuff. I, I mean, I think 2D hand-drawn does look better than CGI in different ways. There's, like, a certain level of beauty that can't be captured yeah. in CGI. Like, CGI does some good stuff with some realism and stuff like that with what Pixar can do with some of their background and stuff. But I, I do think with everything moving to 3D, it's, some of it's hard, and I think I it, it's hard not to want some of the magical that 2D is and appreciate just the beauty that 2D brings. And, I mean, at least anime on the small screen is still hand-drawn, um, which is nice. But And we get the 2D fix from there. But, yeah, it, it would be a, a studio that's basically, like, only been known for its 2D stuff. Be like, okay, we're 3D yeah. now, but I understand it from a survival perspective. I, I, I get it. They have to appeal to a broader audience and be able to keep up and they probably have to release films more well than that's once that's the like thing is it, it's you know it's a it's a speed thing you know girl miyazaki yeah. was like you know i'll be a grandpa by the next time like you know our film comes out if we're still doing hand-drawn stuff you know so we have to yeah. find right. a way to put things out quicker and, and technology is great um but i'm gonna i'm gonna miss classic ghibli I, I am too. Yes. That's that's I, a perfect way I'm, of putting it. Yeah. It it is. And I'm hoping maybe they'll be able to balance out the two where maybe they have like one team that works on a 2D project. I hope that so. like comes out every once in a while yeah. and then like they, they have more frequent CGI stuff to pay the yeah. bills. Um that goes in and then like, you know, every every five to six years someone comes out and you get this like 2D as a like a reminiscent thing. It'd be really I would nice like if that. They, if yeah. They did that. Same. You know, but I mean, as um, as time goes on, you know, these these animators that, you know, have been with the studio since 1985, you know, they're, I hate to say it, you know, but they're going to die out, you know, and then the new generation who doesn't, who don't really do that stuff, they're more technologically, like, adept to CGI, um, you know, that's kind of going to naturally roll in. 
that's that's true so it's it's a dying breed and yeah. it, it's a sad reality to to experience for a lot of us who grew up on that and appreciate that art style and when that art style becomes lost completely in film it's it's going to be a tough pill yeah. to swallow because there's just nothing like it right. it just can't be replicated right no absolutely agreed so well with that i think that's all the time we have for today so uh kayla why don't you go ahead and wrap us up um, thank you so much, Heather, for guesting on this episode with us. It was a pleasure having you. You were super knowledgeable about all the Studio Ghibli stuff, and it was just really fun talking about it with you, and we really enjoyed having you on. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Of course. And we'll definitely have you on our Geek Spot one of these times as well, because we got to talk art and final fantasy and all that stuff so hell yeah um for those who <laughs> so for those who enjoyed listening to heather if you don't already um please give her a follow on her twitter account it's at beanie baby minks so that's b-e-a-n-i-e-b-a-b-y-m-i-n-x or check out her instagram where she posts a lot more art there miss lethal minks and be sure to tune in to our next episode where we will have a special guest um, talking about the rise of anime in the West. So we really hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as we enjoy talking about it. And we will see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Follow the Geekly Podcast on Twitter at Geekly underscore podcast and subscribe on your favorite podcast app such as Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or Amazon Music.